praise the Lord. I want to thank Brother Joe Anthony for that song. Amen, amen. I don't know where you get them from, but he have a song for every occasion. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Also, I, I like to say that uh, God bless the children. Amen. They sang, they sang this morning. Uh, wounded for me. Dying for me. Coming for me. All right. Amen. First, uh, giving reverence to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to just uh, just recognize the ministers on on the the roster. Uh, Pastor Jay Wright, bless your heart. Reverend David Tolliver, Reverend James A. Brooks II, and uh, to Reverend Yancey and a church family. I just thank God for this opportunity to stand before you one more time. As I was studying uh, this portion of scripture, I found out that the Bible never disappoints. All right, all right. You know, for me, the Bible is not a uh, book that is passe, that is no longer of any use or just some, some old writings that was done long years past by some men that believed in God, but it's a book that is living, yeah. it's current, Come on. it's just as relevant today as it was when it was written yeah, right. by the authors. And I find that the Bible covers all bases. Mm-hmm. I believe that if this was a human author, well, they were written by men, by human, but they were under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that if it was a, if this was up to man, and this was a sham, that they would make a mistake somewhere. Uh, but whenever I read the, the Bible, I find that there's evidence uh, of its truth from beginning to end. Well, well. I've t- the the uh, this portion of scripture is coming out of the book of Luke. Uh, before we begin, let me let me not forget to pray. Lord, if you could use anything, Lord, use me. Lord, I just ask you that you would uh, that you would use me, Lord, and that something I say I will build up uh, this body of believers, Lord. That will build up Saint John, Lord and that it will cause us to just run on one more day for the Lord. Father, we thank you uh, for this Ephesus. We thank you for this congregation, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is the gospel according to Luke. It was penned around 60 AD. Mm -hmm. Luke is known to be a physician. Amen. He was also a Gentile. In fact, he was the only Gentile to pen any books of scripture. One of the, Luke also wrote the book of Acts. He wrote about the, the conversion of the Apostle Paul and verifies the apostleship of the Apostle Paul, confirming Paul's meeting with Peter, James, and John and the rest of the apostles. Luke's 
that the physician in detail gives account of the virgin birth. Come on. All right. This passage of scripture that we study in today is a very important passage of scripture found in Luke, the second chapter, 41 through 52. Come because as a young boy, 12 years of age, we see first recognition of Messiahship. We also see that Jesus' parents were faithful in their worship. Train up a child in a way that he should go, and he shall not depart from it. Joseph and Mary had a sincere practice concerning worship. They were faithful obedient in the things of God. Mary was highly favored and chosen by God. Come on, come on. Joseph was also chosen by God, mm -hmm. a descendant of David. The 44th verse says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. All male Jews who lived within 20 miles of Jerusalem were required to attend the temple three times a year. Well. At Passover, at Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. Women were exempt from the law. Joseph attended faithfully, taking Mary and, and Jesus with him. He didn't send his wife and children. He didn't mail it in. But he himself was faithful to God. Now, Jesus' parents did not fully understand his missions. You know, oftentimes we see the Catholics where uh, they deify Mary. They pray to Mary. They bow down to Mary. But if we look at these scriptures right here, we understand that Mary was not fully aware of Jesus' mission. All right, come on. The Catholics tried to give her a higher place than God had assigned her. While we don't want to tear her down, she found favor with God, and the Bible says that she was blessed and highly favored with God. We clearly see here in these verses that Mary didn't know what Jesus was going, what was going on with Jesus. Jesus was a normal child. He grew in, in uh, every way in a, normal, in a normal way. He was obedient to his parents. The sermon title for today is, Whatever You Do, Don't Forget About Jesus. Uh, Whatever you do, don't forget about Jesus. Luke 2, 41 through 52. It's been read before, but I wanna, I'm going to read it again as we go into this, this message, because I think it's important that we let this sink in. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. Mm -hmm. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him. You know, the, uh, when, when the Jews went up to the temple, the whole village traveled at one time. And so they, they traveled in a, in a company. The, the friends, the neighbors, the relatives, all together, one for their safety, and the other was for the company of each other. 
And so Mary's, and among all these people, Mary and Joseph believed that Jesus was in that crowd when they left. Mm-hmm. Among the relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now it was after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary, were dedicated believers. And when they saw to it that Jesus raised in the things of God, Jesus' parents took him to Jerusalem yearly. This was a special year for Jesus. He was 12 years of age. This is the age as a custom that the male, that the child is uh, given responsibility for himself. Uh, not only in that time, but also today. They call it uh, bar mitzvah, is what it's called, where the parent gives the child all that belongs to him and he becomes responsible for his own sins, for his own mistakes, uh, and he's held accountable for himself. Jesus' parents were no longer responsible for him. He had to become accountable for himself before God and before man. The scriptures say that when they returned, Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Joseph and his mother did not know it. After days travel, they realized that he wasn't with them. Now, it was custom to travel, to travel in, a, in a group. And uh, so they didn't realize that he wasn't with them. I think that if that happened to me, if I, if you, you, they're walking. They've walked a day's journey. And now they found out that Jesus is not with them. I think if that happened to me or any other parent, I first would be worried, scared, and mad all at the same time. And then it took another day for them to walk back to find him. And then it took another three days to find him. Now, we know that Jesus is without sin. Now, if it, if it had been you and I that had did that, that would have been a sin. To put your parents through this worry and to do these type of things would have been a sin. Because this is Jesus, what's the difference? Mary asked Jesus, why have you dealt with us in this way? And Jesus answered, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I was, about my, was to be about my father's business? Jesus were, was where he was supposed to be. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. In verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which he had spoke to them. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one of the things I was wanted to say about the Catholic Church, where they believe Mary to be deified. Mary didn't understand Jesus' mission. We can see right here, Joseph didn't understand Jesus' mission. The scripture says that Mary pondered these things in her heart. Uh-huh. You know, one of the things I found is I don't understand everything about scripture. But the things that I understand, I know that by and by, 
when that time comes, when I when the Lord calls me home, those things will be revealed to me. All right, all right. I don't have to understand everything. You know, oftentimes when I'm talking to someone, even those in the Christian community, when we start talking about the Trinity, first thing they say, well, Trinity is not even in the Bible, right? And uh, the word Trinity is something that we use to describe something that we know that's in the Bible. And however, the, the idea of the Trinity is all over the Bible. But I don't have to understand it. I don't have to know it. I don't have to explain it. I just believe it. All right, all right. And I know, I know that the time come when things, there'll be, there's going to be a lot of things that's going to be settled. They can't be settled here, but it'll be settled in heaven. And I know that I'll understand it better by and by. So I don't worry about the things I don't understand. Like Mary, I just ponder those things. And I know that God will reveal it to me when, when it's time for me to know. Well, well. But they did not understand the statement which he had spoke to them. That's something that's lost on us today. Because, you know, as Christians, we came into church, we were taught to pray our Father, which art in heaven. We are taught to call out to our Heavenly Father. We speak of God as our Father all the time. It's normal for us. But if you want to understand better Mary and Joseph in their situation, there was not a normal thing. Before Jesus, nobody ever referred to God as Father. The uh, priest, the rabbi, and all the believers, his parents, dare not speak of Yahweh in a common fashion. Amen. But they, they revered the name Yahweh. They approached it with caution. As we know, the priest, when he was in the holies of holies, he had to purify himself. And he had to approach God with a blood offering. And he had to be right in his heart when he went into the temple, or he could die, or he would die, not could, he would die. Uh, while serving in the inner, the inner course, the, the, the uh, holies of holies. And so they dared not refer to God as Father. Jesus is the very first. If you read out throughout the whole Bible, you see that Jesus is the first person to use the title Father, speaking to God. And I would imagine that the uh, parents of Jesus was would be startled when he said, I must be about my father's business, knowing that he was referring to God as father. Now, we, we use that name very commonly, and the reason we are able to is because we are adopted into the family as co-heirs right. in the kingdom because Jesus worked on the cross. All right. And so it's very common to us, but if you speak with a Jewish rabbi, if you speak with a, a Jewish believer, I have found many, on many occasions, uh, I was employed by a uh, Israeli Jew. Rabbis would constantly come to, to the, the business, and occasionally I would have a chance to, to talk with them. 
And most of the time, they, they, they never really said much. They would just listen to what I had to say. Sometimes they would answer me, sometimes they wouldn't. But they don't speak in the terms that we speak in. They don't think about uh, holy things in the same manner. In fact, one rabbi told me one time, he said, why do you have pictures on the wall? And we know the second uh, commandment where it says, uh, don't have any graven images or any likeness or any, of, uh, or any uh, statues or any pictures. And they believe that. If you look around their homes and you look around their businesses or whatever, we have pictures of Jesus hanging on the wall, but they dare not have a picture hanging on their walls. Uh, that is a that is a uh, that is a likeness of God, and so we understand that Jesus was start was opening the door for something brand new, something that wasn't normal in the uh, within the Jewish faith. And the Bible says his mother heard these things and she pondered them in her heart. When she and Joseph and the baby Jesus took Jesus, the baby Jesus to Simeon and Anna at the temple, it was the custom, of the, as it was custom, the Bible say that, that uh, Simeon uh, was under the anointment, under anointment of, of the Holy Spirit and when he saw Jesus, he thanked God that he had seen the salvation of Israel before his death. God had promised him that he would let him see the salvation of Israel. Now, we can't be too harsh when we talk about Joseph and Mary uh, leaving Jesus behind. Because if you think about it, some of us have left Jesus behind when we have left church. The temple or the church house, whichever you prefer. Some of us have forgot to pray before we for going to work on Monday morning. And all hell break loose. We left Jesus behind and some of us go shopping with money we don't have. And we, take, and we don't take time to pray. We left Jesus behind. Come on. Sometimes we argue politics. We forget what Jesus said. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar. Render unto the Lord what is the Lord. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the best thing we could do as church folks is to forget about politics and leave it alone. It does not profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his whole soul. The point I'm trying to make is that Jesus, don't leave Jesus behind in your daily life. Don't forget about Jesus. When you're at work, remember it, it seems nobody will do right. We're at work and on, when we, we work as unto the Lord. I don't care what the other fella does or who cheat on their taxes or, or who got the hookup. We work as unto the Lord. Come on, come on. If you forget about Jesus or leave, if you leave Jesus behind, you can find him in the temple where he belongs. As a baby, his parents brought him to the temple. At 12 years old, the parents brought him to the temple. 
for the Passover. His parents searched for him for three days. His response to them was, you should have known I would be in my father's house, or I, should, I would be about my father's business. The temple was the first place they should have looked, which reminds me, have you ever tried anything else? And after you've done everything else, you start praying. Oh God, will thou rememberest thou humble servant. In fact, most of the time we have to break something and it's of any good before we turn to the Lord. Then we cry out, fix it, Jesus, fix it. Too often, disturbance and sorrow cause us to forget who Jesus is. We allow circumstances to cloud our minds, to disturb us and to bring us sorrow, to bring sorrow into our lives. We soon forget Jesus, his understanding of the situation and his business of ministering to our needs. The Bible says that he is, uh, that he is able to understand our every needs. You know, right now there's a lot of confusion going on. Watching TV, listening to the radio, it's becoming more and more perverse. Shows and movies, foul language, people telling Christians what they should be doing. You can do anything in public now, anything but talk about Jesus Christ. What is Caesar's is his taxes, render unto him, and what is Lord is the Lord's. We need to pay our tithes. We need to build up the church. We need to build up the body of Christ. Because when the body of Christ is strong, preachers can preach the gospel without any kind of compromise, without, without worrying about uh, what the government says or what uh, outside people want to say about what we should be doing. Every time I turn on the TV, everybody want to talk about um, Christians being narrow-minded. It's their own conscience that convicts them. But I, but I just want to let you know, if the church does what the church is supposed to do, if the believers pay their tithes, if the believers support their church, you won't have to worry about the government. They have given money to churches, uh, what they call a faith-based initiative. And you know what? If you, if you don't uh, do what they say, they're going to want to take that money away from you. They'll send, send people here to get married. They'll, they will uh, send their politicians here to uh, give their message out. And you know what faith-based initiative is? It's not necessarily Christianity. It's not necessarily Muslims. It's not necessarily Jewish. It's that you got faith in something. And so people are able to use any type of uh, reasoning or excuse to claim uh, that they are a faith-based uh, uh, organization. The Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and statures. Mm -hmm. The doctors and, and rabbis were amazed at Jesus' Jesus' wisdom. He both asked questions and gave answers. At 12 years of age, this was unheard of. Why is this all important? Well, 
Because this is evidence that Jesus is who he said he is. And he did what he said he would do. He didn't just start preaching, making claims about being the son of God, the son of man, and the son of David. In the beginning of his life, the star rested over him at birth. Simeon and Anna witnessed about him who he was as a baby, the one that would uh, deliver Israel. His display of wisdom in the temple bear witness that Jesus is who he say he is. If we can understand this, we can accept that Jesus' mission was to seek and save the lost, to reconcile man back to God, onto God, and to sit at the right hand of the Father as our great high priest. It's the beginning of spring. It's a beautiful time of the year. Flowers are blooming. Life is in session. The salmon start to swim upstream. You start to see God's perfect plan. Celebration, the Catholics are celebrating Lent. It's time for the Passover, Palm Sunday. It's the time of the year that Jesus was crucified. He was drugged from judgment hall to judgment hall. He was scourged and beaten, made to carry his own cross. They nailed him in his hands and they nailed him in his feet. They hung him between two thieves where he died the death of a common criminal. The Bible says that nature declares God's existence. And just like the flowers are, are being made new, I believe that he got up Sunday morning with all powers on his hand, in his hands. He got up and he's alive now and forevermore. He got up for, for me and he got up for you. Whatever you do, don't forget about Jesus. Don't leave Jesus behind. Amen.